Hello, hello. Welcome back to my Big Sisters podcast. I'm your host, Tina Kay. I have my microphone back. Um, was the, I'm fidgeting. Was the last episode annoying or not? I didn't really hear much from you guys. I heard from you guys about Scandable. I didn't hear about the last episode, so let me know. But that's what we're going to talk about today, Scandable. And I originally said I want to wait until all of the reunions are done, but hmm, I can't (laughs) because what I did was I went back. If you follow me on my personal, well, I was kind of doing it on both pages on Instagram. I went back and started watching. Hold on. I'm going to move my mic up. I went back and started watching season 10 from the beginning only because I don't feel like I need to see seasons one through 10. When I was looking at the Scandaval in total, like once it came up and a lot of you guys DM me about it and it was kind of like hitting headlines everywhere, I started researching who is who. And I think I did watch Vanderpump for like a very small period of time when it first started. So I wasn't totally lost on who was who. And then once you... So if you don't watch it, I'm talking about Vanderpump Rules, the show on Bravo. I'm not like a big Bravo stan. I'm not into the Real Housewives, but I'm aware of all of those things going on just because I'm kind of up to date on pop culture. My mom likes Housewives. My friend likes Housewives. My uh, One of my friends says makeup for the Housewives. Like I'm up to date on a lot of stuff, even if I don't watch the show. And that's what I always say too. Like I don't really even need to watch the show because I'm going to see videos on it. Like there's so much content you don't really need to, like it used to be, you don't really need to start from the beginning. You can if you, you know, if you really like it, but it's not necessary. So when the scandal came up, I kind of picked up from the last two episodes plus the reunion, right? So season 10 finished their season and then the scandal came out. Then they filmed, I think it was two more episodes plus the reunion. The reunion is three parts. The first part of the reunion was last week. The second part of the reunion is tomorrow, tomorrow night. Third part of the reunion is next week, which I think is ridiculous. Just give us, give it all to us. But I realized, you know, they have to profit off of this. It's their job. And the scandal went so big that why not make money from it? You know, even for all the cast members. So today I want to talk about Scandal because not just because it's pop culture and it's fun to dissect, But because I truly believe that this being so public and having so many people in our age range watching all of this unfold is important to our interpersonal relationships because a lot of media, I mean, this is proven by the way, I need to, hold on, I need to sip, we got to do a drink check. A lot of what we watch on media reflects in our own lives. Trends are created. We see it with politics. So it is kind of important. And even though this feels fluffy and it's like reality TV, it does go a little bit deeper than that because of how it projects into our daily lives and how we think and how we feel. Because you do learn from these experiences, just like When you go to school, you learn from experiences, from what your friends go through, from what you go through. When you read books, you learn from experiences. So it's the same thing. So it's 
packaged up like, oh, it's just Bravo and it's fun and it's and it's exciting to watch and it's scandalous and it's like juicy stuff to gossip about. But gossip is so important to our relationships that in the past, gossip was weaponized to stop wives from communicating with each other because when wives would get to before media, when wives would get together and kind of share information, they were figuring out the truths about their own marriages, about their their own situations, and they would try to get divorced, they would try to leave their husbands, and then it was weaponized. So gossiping and unpacking these essentially traumas. I know it's on Bravo, but Ariana went through a fucking trauma. The person she loved for nine years was sleeping with her best friend. Her best friend, who she loved and was defending and loved spending time with, was sleeping with her boyfriend of nine years. That's trauma. It makes you question any relationship you have. It makes you question any type of trust you'll ever give again. So the I feel like these things are important. It is juicy and it's fun to follow. And there's so much good. It's not just content, but it's like Bravo knows how to do a show. Okay. <laughs> so it's not just that it's content. The way they present everything and the way the PR around it is presented to us, it's easy to enjoy. They put on a very good show and the people are, they're not like Kardashians where they're so wealthy that everything is kind of out of reach and it's like not even fucking relatable. They're rich. I mean, they're they're pretty rich, but they're not in that astronomical wealth bracket where it's like you cannot relate to anything they're saying. Even Lala's apartment, which is gorgeous. I'm sure her rent is like $8 million a month or whatever. But she's in an apartment as a single mother with her daughter going through a custody battle. Like these are relatable people that you feel a bond with, that you see yourself in, that you can, un- that you fully understand versus, again, the Kardashians who are so wealthy that even like... Did you guys catch Kim's recent interview with Jay Shetty? She was saying how she cries herself to sleep. And I don't I don't doubt it. She probably does. More money, more problems. You know, we all know that phrase. However, she does have nannies and security and chefs and personal trainers and assistants and six siblings who also have children with cousins and golf carts to drive to her, like her crying herself to sleep at night is very different from some of the moms listening right now who cry themselves to sleep at night. It's very different, right? So it's almost like you want to watch because you're like, ooh, how are the wealthy living? But it's not really like you can't feel for them. Like I do feel bad that Kim went through a terrible situation where her ex-husband, are they divorced? I think they are. Where her ex husband bashes her publicly ruins her relation you know I get that and I feel terrible like that would destroy me as well but it's also like "Mm." (laughs) like girl we are all going through things and we still have to cook our own food we have to get ourselves to the gym we have to drive there park and still walk our own pets and clean our own house and raise those kids on our own like it's not the same And even if you do have help in your daily life, it's probably not the type of help that Kim Kardashian receives in her daily life. If she is sick for a day, if she has a cold or COVID or whatever it may be where she needs to rest, she's probably, she's got her family plus 
nannies plus their nannies, security to make sure that everything is safe. I mean, it's food. Someone's cooking the food. She doesn't even need to stock her own fridge. If they're running low on fruit snacks for the kids, they're never running low. They're, they're just never going to run low, right? So it's just not relatable. Versus Vanderpump Rules and the Bravo shows, they're rich, but they're not so far out of reach that you can't even relate to what they're going through. You kind of can. Maybe you can't buy, you know, the, the expensive handbags that they carry or the $1,000 outfits and the glam and everything, but they're not that far out of reach. They were even talking about how they had financial stress and Lala had to uproot her whole life. Like it's it's pretty close to home. So when they do go through these terrible situations, it's like watching your friends go through it. And it's also learning experiences for people who could could possibly be going through the same things. It's just like how gossip is beneficial. It is so beneficial to gossip with your friends and share information. And it feels like, oh, it's not, and it gets very weaponized, but don't fall for that. Sometimes gossip is is really good. It's really good because it's a way of communicating. It's a way of relating with people. You can build bonds. And I know that it gets a really hard rap around like, I don't want friends who talk shit about me. I don't want friends where all they do is gossip. No, you do though. And I get having friends where you you want to have a circle where you're talking about bettering yourself, but you know that thing where it's like you have to admit, once you're able to admit it, like the first step is admitting it, that's gossip. The first step is talking to your friends and saying, you know, I heard like, okay, we'll go back to the show. But if you're following Vanderpump, and I think it's episode eight or nine, where, mind you, I'm very high when I watch it. So if I don't get the episode numbers right, I feel like the Vanderpump Bravo people already know what I'm talking about, okay? Okay. So if you go back and watch, whatever. Lala is that really gorgeous blonde. She is so fucking beautiful and she's very sharp. She don't miss a fucking beat. After that Emmett situation, she's on top of everything. You're never going to fool that girl again. She went to Ariana and said, listen, I heard A, B, and C and she even said it with concern, like, you think that's okay? Like, babe, it's not okay. And it is gossip. And the way she got the information was gossip. And she brought it to Ariana because she didn't want her friend looking stupid. So sometimes it feels like, sometimes it feels like gossip is so dirty and it feels wrong, but we have to look, critical thinking skills, you have to look at the positives of it and realize that it could be helping someone else who genuinely doesn't see it, doesn't know it, doesn't understand, doesn't know the cues of what it looks like when someone's cheating, what's inappropriate. Because if you're just in your bubble, in your relationship, and I understand keeping people, like, you know, I'm private about my relationship, but I'm not private about it with my friends and the people I love and trust. Maybe on socials, yeah, I'm going to be private about it. But with my friends, I do... I will talk like, hey, what do you think about this? Even with his friends, we talk about everything because it's it's really healthy to put stuff out there and kind of dissect these things. And that's exactly why Ariana had so much support when this thing blew up. 
because everyone around her kind of saw these cues happening. They they smell, they were able to smell blood in the water with Raquel, Rachel, whatever, when she was hooking up with everyone's fucking boyfriends and husbands. They were already kind of on it. And then when it blew up, they were by her side because they already had that bond with her of trying, you know, trying to navigate it with her. So don't weapon. The lesson here for, I think, in my opinion, is don't weaponize gossip and that pay attention to what is trending in pop culture. So this might be a stupid show and maybe you're not into reality shows, but a reality show like this that has people in a chokehold are things you kind of should be interested in because it will reflect what happens with relationships in the future. So if you have kids or if you have teenagers or if you have younger sisters, now the conversation around relationships and women being independent is going to change because of this moment. And you might not realize it right now, but you'll start connecting the dots. And I'm sure some of you have, because as I'm watching the show and talking about each episode, I get DMs from you guys responding. One of them was, I was saying something about Sheena. Sheena's a girl on the show. She recently got had a wedding in Mexico during season 10. And I was saying, this she's annoying. <laughs> like, And you know, I do not like to say anything negative about women, but if someone's annoying, they're annoying, right? Like if they're annoying, they're, I find her to be annoying. I think she's making the wedding, it's too much, babe. You care about the wedding. You can't expect everybody else to care about your wedding. And a lot of you DM'd me and let me know like, oh no, she's so much better this year because her last wedding, she was a total bridezilla and she learned from the experience. So you guys are watching and growing with these people. And I want you to think back to, because a lot I could check the demographics. A lot of you are in my age range. I'll be 32 soon. Remember the Paris Hilton era and remember how it affected all of us and created major eating disorders because the girls were so skinny and they didn't want to work and they just wanted to shop and every, you know what I'm saying? That really reflected into how we grew up as people having eating disorders, trying to be super skinny, trying to fit into something that was never going to fit, glamorizing that blondes, tall, skinny blondes are better than everybody else. And that didn't change until Kim Kardashian was put on a pedestal. So there is indicators that this level of pop culture, when something blows up and something is really, really all over the headlines, it reflects how things move in our generations. So I do want to talk about it. And obviously, I'm really interested in it. (laughs) So let's do a drink check first. I have, I know I went back. I went back. I'm back on seltzer and palm, but it's so good. I can't. And this palm is not just the regular one. It's the one with blueberry in it, too. Oh, my God, it's so good. I also have iced coffee, which I'm like, I don't even need more of at this point. I drove, I have the bowl and basket iced coffee. (laughs) Let me give you, I think this is going to be a long episode. I don't know. Let me give you personal updates. So this past weekend was Memorial Day weekend. For most people, it's a three-day weekend because you get off of work on Monday for most jobs, because I think even if you're in the service industry or in the cosmetic field, you don't really get off unless you take off. So anyway, three-day weekend. Friday, we had a wedding, okay? (laughs) 
Friday we had a wedding. And I loved, let me just complain for a minute. I loved how I looked. I think I looked so good. And I was kind of concerned that I wouldn't look good, but I loved how I looked. And I wound up not getting any motherfucking pictures. I'm so upset about it that I'm tempted to re-glam myself (laughs) and take a picture because I just feel like I'm not going to be young forever. I can't believe I didn't take a picture, but you know what? It was Memorial Day weekend. The wedding was two hours away. Bitch. So we had, we sat in traffic on the way. My fucking shoe broke during the ceremony because the ceremony was in the grass The grass was still kind, not wet where it's like there was mud everywhere, but it was soft enough that my fucking heel went into the grass. When I pulled it out, the peg on the bottom was gone. So now one of my shoes, I was walking on a point, bitch, (laughs) please. (laughs) So luckily the reception had carpet unless you were on the dance floor. So when I was on the carpet, it really wasn't an issue, but going in and out to have, you know, a cocktail sig and all that was just not on the menu anymore because I'm not trying to do a balancing act every time I go out to have a little sig. No. So I didn't. And I don't dance anyway. I know. So boring. I'm not a dancer. I'm just not. I'm just, I used to in my 20s. <laughs> I probably embarrassed myself many times and I'm not totally like a wet wet lettuce at a party. I'm not boring, but I'm just not a dancer. So that really wasn't my concern either. But usually I do walk around and talk. I usually never eat at a party because I'm fucking talking so much. But I wanted to limit the amount of times I stood up because I didn't want to fall because my fucking shoe was broke. Aside from that, I loved my dress. It looks so beautiful. So I wanted I might, bitch. If you see me post in my dress, that's because I fucking re-glammed. <laughs> it took a picture because I didn't take any pictures. But I think that's why I didn't have any pictures because I was so kind of, the wedding was beautiful and I had a nice time. But do you know when you, like getting there the whole morning, you already had like an exhausting day that by the time you're sitting down, it's kind of like, oh, I don't even want to move. You know what I mean? Like by the time I got to the table and was sitting and eating, I was just happy to be sitting So it was kind of that too. It was a nice wedding, but it's like, I was tired. It was a Friday. I was tired. And again, no fucking pictures. Then the next day I spent cleaning because Sunday we had a barbecue and the barbecue, do you host parties? Because when you host your own, (laughs) it's like, "Mm, this doesn't feel very fun for me. (laughs) You're I mean, it depends on how you do it. For me, I try to clean up the whole time, okay? I don't want food sitting out and and sitting in the sun and that it's like spoiled. I don't want bugs collecting on the food. So I'm the type of host that's, do you want this? Do you need this? Do you need anything? Can I get you this? I'm always, I'm keeping the kitchen clean. I'm making sure the bathroom's cleaned up and stocked, like the whole party. So all the drinks out, I'm cleaning up shot glasses. I'm cleaning up drinks. I'm cleaning up food. The whole time he's on the barbecue, he's doing the same thing. So it's kind of like, well, I feel like I was doing more though. (laughs) I feel like I was doing a lot. I didn't even get drunk because I just was so, I felt so busy. And then on top of it, I was making sure that Cher was okay because she was running around the backyard. There was toddlers, you know, I don't let toddlers near her without supervision. I'm not that type of pet parent. No, 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 no. You know, I don't know if she's good with kids. We don't have kids. 
you know, we don't have to go as hard. Do you know that? Do you know that audio on TikTok? I don't have kids. Like I don't have children near her. So she seemed okay with them, but I'm like, I wouldn't trust it because she's only two. I don't have kids near her every day. I'm, she's not acting different because they're kids. She probably thinks they're just a smaller human. She doesn't know it's a baby. You know, some people are like, oh, she knows it's a baby. She don't fucking know it's a baby. She don't know that it's a baby. She doesn't know it's a pure, innocent little child. She doesn't know that. She's thinking this is just a smaller human, you know, that's walking near me. So I monitor her and I just felt like that's what I spent the whole barbecue doing, cleaning, making sure everybody was good and making sure that Cher is not uncomfortable because I don't want her snapping on nobody, you know. So that's what I did the barbecue. And then the whole day after was gorgeous out. So we had put a fence around our backyard and that's new for us. I'm in a city girl. I'm an apartment girl. Never had a yard. I haven't had a yard since I lived with my mom when I was a kid right? Like I haven't had a yard in years in my adult life. So that's new for me. Okay. It's new for Cher. She never had a yard. So we've had a yard since we moved in, but it wasn't fenced in because I didn't know this, but some neighborhoods, they just like don't have fences. (laughs) I'm noticing that in certain neighborhoods, they don't put up a fence. You just have a big backyard, a lot of land. And like at one point they connect to each other and that's it. But we have her, so we wanted to put a fence around the yard. Beautiful fence. And that's what the noise was last week as well. And um, the whole next day, I was so exhausted. And you know, you know the, you know the health things. I try to honor my body and my energy levels. So the whole next day, I just didn't, I didn't have it in me. Okay. I'm not young anymore. Like I didn't have it in me to do anything but shower and take care of her and just lounge around. Luckily, mostly everything was cleaned up anyway. Um, But we just laid out in the sun and it was so nice. Like it is so fucking, it was so beautiful. And like I said, I've never had that before. So I took her outside and we just laid in the sun. There was a little bit of shade because, you know, I'm not going to let her overheat. I don't overheat myself. But the weather was so perfect. It was not too hot. It was not too cold. It wasn't humid. It wasn't too windy. So I just laid out there with her. We were out there for hours. I was reading a book. She just likes to lay in the grass anyway. And that's all I did the day after. I smoked weed. I had, I was eating snacks. I'm probably a little bit fluffy right now, okay, because I've just been doing whatever I want. And then what did I do yesterday? Oh, why is this episode late? Because yesterday I kind of cleaned up, you know, did laundry and everything like that. But now, you know, we're back to it today. And I also wanted to kind of take time outside before it's too hot. I'm not going to get all annoying and talk about how much I hate the summer, but I don't. I don't like it. It's too hot for me. It's It's too hot for me to even function. So I'm trying to enjoy the outside while the weather is so perfect before I can't even be out there. Do you know what I mean? So that's what that's what I've been doing. But I'm back at it today. Um, yeah. So anyway, I hope you guys had a great, you know, holiday weekend. I hope you were able to enjoy yourself, have some fun. And definitely, you know, if you're like me, enjoy the weather while you can. Okay. Because it makes it better. I'm a pro at this now. It makes it better because then when it's scorching and you're like, fuck, I... Everybody's outside. I'm not outside. 
when you know, oh no, but I, I had my time outside. I definitely relaxed. You know, I was in the sun. I even got a little, you know, I wear sunscreen, but I have a little tan on me. I have a little color on me now. Um, t- take some time outside if you can, while it's beautiful out. And you know what I did? I meditated in the grass. <laughs> it was so nice. It was so nice. I think I want to do more of that, like more meditations. I used to meditate all the time and I stopped. And I think I want to do that more. You know, because I do spend a lot of time in my head and in my own thoughts and I definitely, you know, sort through my thoughts, but I don't have any intentions when I do it. And I feel like meditation could be intentional and I'm not going to get all spiritual and shit like that, but I am definitely going to start meditating in the grass, like literally touching it. Now my skin did break up because I'm very allergic. I have a lot of allergies. But it was so nice to just sit in the grass. Like, you know, when people like, go touch grass. No, I did. I literally did. And it's nice to feel like it. it is humbling. It makes you feel like a lot more relaxed. Like things really aren't that fucking deep. And if they are in this moment, I'm okay. Like how beautiful is this? I'm just sitting in the grass in the sun. So that's my homework for you this week. Sit in the grass while it's beautiful out before it's scorching and before I come on here telling you how much I fucking hate the heat. Okay, back to Scandaball. So if you don't watch Vanderpump Rules, then maybe this whole episode is not for you. However, we are going to be talking about cheating, right? Like we're talking about cheating, lying, betrayal, and the trauma that comes with it. So maybe if you can follow who's who, or maybe if you want to Google who's who or look it up on TikTok or something, you could try to follow along about who I'm talking about. And I'm going to try to give context where it's needed because I might talk as if you guys already know. A lot of you do already know. Like I'm late to the Bravo thing, but a lot of you do already know. So if I slip into talking about it like you should already know, I apologize. (laughs) I'm just giving you a warning that might happen. I'm going to try to keep context as much as I possibly can. So back to Scandaball. It's called Scandaball because the man who cheated, his name is Tom Sandoval. So they call it Scandaball. He he was with his girlfriend in nine years. His girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend now, they broke up. His girlfriend's name is Ariana. Ariana, Ariana. They have a whole friend group. The friend group is on the show. So that's why they're in a friend group. That's why they were all together all the time because their job is to film together and have experiences together. Because somewhere down the line when you're watching season 10, it's like, okay, why why were they even hanging out with this girl? But that's why. They are on a fucking show. Okay, so their job is to hang out, essentially. You know what I mean? So when it's like typically in your real life, when a bitch gets messy and she's hooking up with everyone's husband, you're like, um, she needs to fucking go. Like we can't, she can't be around. Um, And also our husbands and boyfriends can't be around, but she's, she's the type of girl that does this. I don't want to be friends with her. However, they're all on a show. So once you're in contract, it's like, you don't get fired for cheating. You don't get fired. This is a reality show. Andy's not going to fire. They're not going to fire someone for fucking cheating because it adds ratings, right? So you have to keep that in mind with the entire experience when you're watching it because 
it does answer a lot of those obvious questions of like, okay, well, why was she even exactly? Because they're on a fucking show and they have to do this shit. Also, I noticed there's a lot of drinking and a lot of drugs going on. And it's mentioned as like, like it's obvious, but they don't talk about it. Like when they were on that glamping trip, they were on mushrooms or something. Okay. When they were, where else? They were somewhere else at a different party too. They Like Tom's, in my opinion, not confirmed. He did not say this. In my opinion, I think they all dabble with stuff. But I think Tom specifically does a little bit more than others. I just noticed he's always looking like he's on something or drunk. So I noticed that through the episodes. Okay, so Tom cheated on Ariana and he cheated with one of their friends. The friend is Raquel. Raquel's real name is Rachel. So she moved to LA and changed her name to Raquel to be a model because she wants to be a model. She wants to be a runway model. She's 28 now. She was in pageants her whole life. This was like her long-term goal to be a model. So she changed her name to Raquel and lives in L.A. The way she got introduced to the group was because she started dating for five years one of the main cast members, James Kennedy. So she was his girlfriend and fiance because they had gotten engaged for five years. And I think it was season nine or something where he proposed to her. They were engaged for a little bit and then they ended up breaking up um, at the end of season nine uh, because she just didn't feel totally in it. And then James Kennedy was heartbroken about it. But she was already working at the establishment. I think it's called Sir. And that's the place that Lisa Vanderpump owns. And that's why they all have a job. You know, that's why they're on the show. So she's a waitress for Sir. And she's now she's one of the cast members. So she's not going to like go away now that they broke up. She's part of the cast at this point because she was with him for five years. But then she started forming her own friendships with the girls in the group and hanging out with everyone. So even though her and James broke up, she was still around. Okay, great. So that's the scenario. Those are the connecting dots for that group for Tom Sandoval, Ariana and that's where Rachel came in. So when you hear Rachel and Raquel, it's the same girl. Calling her Rachel is like throwing shade because her, that's her real name. But she wanted to be famous like a model. Change her name to Raquel. I feel like I'm going to say Raquel just because they say it so much during the season. But that's who I'm talking about. So when you like get up to date or if you see videos and stuff, same girl. I was confused at first. That's why I'm clarifying because I'm like, wait, who the fuck is Rachel? Rachel's the same girl. Okay. Now, Tom and Ariana were already having kind of relationship issues because Tom says they weren't having sex. Ariana says, yeah, we weren't having sex because he wasn't spending time with me. His rebuttal to I'm not spending time with you because you don't want to do what I want to do. And she was like, yeah, well, I'm not like a I'm not like we're in our fucking Tom's 40. Um, Ariana, I think, is 30-something. She doesn't want to do fucking shrooms in the desert. Like, she's a grown woman. She's watching, you know, she's 
like us. She's watching her shows. She, she'll have drinks with her friends, but she's not trying to like go to the club all the time. Whereas Tom is 40 now and clearly experiencing a midlife crisis. He joined a cover band or is in a cut co- or created a cover band, started wearing nail polish and fully just regressed in age and is kind of acting like a 19 year old. And Ariana is acting like a grown woman working on her goals. She's trying to open up a sandwich shop with Katie, another cast member who's been on the show forever. So she's working on her future. She's working on herself. She's working on her future. She's working on her goals. She don't want to be like a young 20-something-year-old back in the clubs anymore. She's focused on, okay, what is my long-term goal? What is my life after this show? She's got her head on. You know what I mean? Like, she's not a little fucking kid where Tom is just spiraling out of control, in my opinion. Tom has a restaurant called Tom Tom with the other guy on the show, Tom Schwartz, which I can't even fucking talk about Schwartz. Schwartz is so stupid to me. I just, he's, there's nothing going on behind those eyes. They have their own restaurant that they can barely get open because they run out, they ran out of money. They don't know what they're doing. They couldn't get line cooks. There's a million excuses they weren't able to open. Ariana's sandwich shop with Katie opened before their restaurant. And I mention that because I think this spiral has a lot to do with that Ariana is maturing out of him, out of their relationship, and he noticed it and is freaking out because that's probably not what he wanted. He wasn't ready to mature out of the relationship. He wanted it to stay exactly how it was, just being in their 20s and young. But we know that's not realistic. Like it can be, I guess, if she was on that type of time. But long term, as far like, what about retirement? What about like, how long are you going to do this? How are you going to continue to pay bills? She knows Vanderpump is not going to be around forever. Like these types of careers expire. You have to have things lined up, investments. You have to have a source of income. And it seems like he <laughs> he was trying to do both. He was trying to be mature. They bought a house together, open a restaurant, but at the same time, he really missed being younger because he's 40 years old and just, anyway. They were together. They were experiencing those issues. They went to couples therapy. In the couples therapy, Ariana started working on inner child hearing and like healing, and she's really upgrading herself. The therapy really is working for her, but it's also shedding a light on that Tom is the one where he might be the one complaining that they're not having sex, they're not connecting, they're not doing stuff together, but he's also not working on improve. All he's doing is showing up to therapy and saying how he feels, but he's not applying what they're talking about. And we know as women... Like Ariana said, I don't want to have sex with someone I don't even hang out with. Like going out and drinking is not spending time together. She She's trying to tell him we're not intimate on any levels at this point. And you, what do you want? You want me to come? You want to meet at home and just like, how do you think you get to that point? You don't just meet up. It's not a one night stand. We're in a whole relationship. She had tried to express that to him, but... He, something don't connect for him. (laughs) He's not the brightest. Even when they confronted him about the cheating, he has no real answers. His main answer is, well, we weren't having sex. We weren't having sex. Meanwhile, they had already discussed that so many times. 
there's no other way she was going to be able to say to him, we are not having sex because we're not connecting. Like, what what do you think I am? I'm not a one night stand. This is not a Tinder date. Like, we need to have some type of romance in order to get there. Okay. So they were already having these issues. While they were having relationship issues, this girl, Raquel, was being messy within the group. I think she started being messy within the group is because she's trying to secure her job. Her job is to be on the show. She got on the show because she was James Kennedy's girlfriend. She didn't want to stay with him, but how is she going to stay on the show? Just being a friend doesn't guarantee you a place as like a main cast member showing up to reunions. You have to... Oh, hold on. My mom's gone. You have to also have some type of connection, some type of drama going on to get another contract to stay on the show. And this is something Andy Cohen has said. She went from, oh, are we going to give Raquel a mic? Is Raquel here today? To, oh, Raquel's here. Get Mic her up. So she kind of secured her spot. A lot of people say that she's dumb and like that's giving her too much credit. I don't think she's dumb. I just think she don't articulate what's going on in her brain. But there is things going on in her brain. She does know what she was doing. She caught on that, oh, you get another contract. You get to go to the reunion if you get into some drama. So she created some fucking drama for herself. So the season 10 starts with she's single. James Kennedy has a new girlfriend. And Katie and Schwartz got a divorce. Katie and Schwartz was another couple on the show. They got divorced, but they stayed friends again because they're all working on this show. Schwartz is single. Raquel is single and the, and Lala is single. Lala is not hooking up with any of the cast members. She's not interested. Raquel is interested. She's trying to she's trying to be messy in the group. Okay. She ends up trying to kind of flirt with Schwartz, and that causes a lot of drama because Katie and Schwartz had an agreement. Yes, we're divorced or separated. I don't know if they actually signed the divorce papers yet, but they're separated. They sold the house that they had together. They both have their own places. She's separated from him. They decided to be friends because Schwartz was begging her to stay friends. And she was like, okay, fine. My one boundary is please don't hook up with anyone that we're friends with because it's for obvious fucking reasons. Like I would say the same thing. If you want to be friends with me, don't fucking hook up with my friends because now then I'm going to be upset. Like I don't want to see you hooking up with my friend. Also, they work together. They're on this show together. So her point was, don't hook up with someone where I need to go to work. I have to show up to these episodes in order to get paid, in order to continue to promote my new sandwich shop. Don't hook up with anyone here. Don't make it hard for me to come to work. Hook up with new girls. Bring new girls around. I'll bring new guys around. But please don't hook up with anyone that we're literally filming with, literally hanging out with. Please. What does he go and fucking do? She expressed the same thing to Raquel. They were all hanging out. They went on a trip. She said to Raquel, I don't want him hooking up with anyone I know. Probably said all the main things. And I just feel like if someone said that to me, I'm going to get it. Like, you don't even say less, honey. Like, I, first of all, I don't want nobody's ex. I don't want no one's husband. I don't want no one's boyfriend, right? So there's that. But if someone said, wouldn't you agree? Like, if your friend is like, telling you, yes, we're separated. We're going to stay friends. My one boundary is like, don't hook up with anybody we know. Aren't you like, same, like totally get that. 
And if your friend is the hottie in the group who is single, I feel like you wouldn't even need to say to her, please don't hook up with my (laughs) ex-husband. Like, why would you need to say that? But she said it anyway. And what does Raquel do? She flirts with Schwartz and asks to make out. She was like half kidding, but still it's very like, you're not really kidding. Like if he kisses you, then it's not a joke and you're going to kiss back. You're not going to be like, oh my God, I was kidding. No. First of all, and, and why? And then why are you talking to my ex-husband like that? Like, what are you doing? So the girl, the girls on Katie's side, meaning Lala, Katie, they kind of rip her new asshole about it. Like, I can't fucking believe you said that to him. Why would you say that to him? Why do you want to hook up with him? And Lala calls it out immediately. Lala spots her a mile away. I don't fucking trust her. And she says to her, I don't, because in the beginning, she didn't realize how far this would go. But Lala has said to her, when you're drinking, I wouldn't trust you around my man. I wouldn't fucking trust you. She says to her face, because she spotted that this girl, Raquel, clearly has deep insecurities where she feels validated by someone else's man hooking up with her. And that is a whole conversation in itself. And this is partially why I'm like, this is kind of important for people to see. This is called a pick me. And pick me is kind of a really mean thing to say. Like if someone called you a pick me, or if you're calling someone to pick me, that is a fucking insult. Like if someone called me that, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> like just respectfully. That is so down low to say. Someone being a pick me is so insulting because essentially it means... You just want male validation. You're do Everything you're doing is male-centered. Everything you want is male-centered. Everything you're doing is so a man picks you. And usually pick-me's are like, it, it's described as like the girl who's like, no, I don't wear any makeup. No, I'm not like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? And there's tons of people who don't, who don't wear makeup that like, I'm not even wearing makeup right now. It's you, do you know what I'm saying? It's not about the makeup. It's about putting other women in a category and purposely not trying to relate to women and trying to relate to men because you're trying to fit in with them because you want them to pick you. It's like the girls who maybe they were raised with, there's people who were raised in sports and they are into sports. And then there's girls who, do, you're faking the whole thing. You're faking this whole personality because you're trying to appeal to men only in a way that's like one of the bros. It's like never done right and they're never picked. So that's the debacle of it. They're never, they're never picked. They don't get people, you're not getting a man in a way where he genuinely wants you. You're trying to get someone else's husband or boyfriend because you think it's cute. That whole like, oh, I could take your man if I want to... It's not, we all know it's not cute, but there are people who are very deeply insecure and maybe it's the way they're raised. Who fucking knows? But the insecurity is so deep that they find validation in, well, her boyfriend, her boyfriend wanted me. Her husband wanted me. Schwartz was flirting with me. And she even says shit to, she even made a comment to Lala well, that's why you don't even have a boyfriend. As if having a boyfriend or a husband is some type of accomplishment. And we all know these are not accomplishments. It's cool if you want to have a relationship, no matter what type of status that relationship is. 
but a husband, a boyfriend, a partner, a wife, whatever you call or title your relationship, that's not an accomplishment. Maybe it's a little accomplishment to you personally because you have a lot of love to give. You want to spend time with someone. You want to feel love. You want to have a partner. Okay, that's a personal accomplishment. But it doesn't mean you're better than someone else because you have it. It's not a fucking degree. It's literally just a relationship. But there are people, usually it's women, who put that on a pedestal. Like you're not worthy. You're not a real woman. You're not you're not better than me because you don't even have a husband. Like that is a real thing that people prioritize. Again, usually women. And I'm you could tell that this is Raquel's state of mind. She someone told her that the women who have boyfriends and husbands especially a husband, is more worthy. Maybe they didn't say it like that, but they probably would prioritize that to her. Like maybe her parents be like, well, when do you get married? Like it's usually those people. Like, when do you get married? Like you'll get married if you want to, but it's not, you know, that's not the end all be all. That's not the only thing you need to accomplish. She She's in that frame of mind, right? Usually those people are the same people who get off on hooking up with someone else's partner, whether it's a husband, a boyfriend, whatever it may be, they get off on that. They think it's cute that they can take your man or get your husband to flirt with her, hook up with her. Like there's women like that. They they get off on it. It's sneaky, it's shady, but it it's mostly sad. It's mostly sad because again, we know Getting a man's attention is not, that's not, it's not hard to do. It's not hard to do. It's really not some type of challenge where if you're able to accomplish man, oh my God, how did she do it? No, 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 back it up. It's not a hard thing to do. Most men are very easy to seduce. Seduce is a good word. Most men are very easy to seduce. Like, if it wasn't Raquel, Tom was going to do this with somebody else. Raquel was just available. Raquel was probably just coming on to him or something. He was going to cheat. When they want to cheat, they're going to cheat. It literally doesn't fucking matter who or when. If they want to cheat, they're going to cheat. You didn't accomplish by anything by tr- by getting someone's husband or getting someone's partner to hook up with you. They if they If they did it, they were probably already doing it with strangers already planning on doing that's that's the time they were on it's not because you were special and that's sometimes what these insecure people don't realize that it's not because you were so amazing so sexy so gorgeous so perfect that he would risk it all for you he was going to risk it anyway whether it was you somebody else a stranger a tinder whatever it may be he was and he probably is. Probably, usually someone, if they're, if they're fucking cheating on you with your best friend, what do you think he's fucking doing when no one's looking? Well, Ariana, so, okay, so back to, that's Raquel's frame of mind, right? But back to Tom and Ariana, I noticed this is all coming up as she's grieving. She's She had a tough year, season 10. 
Her dog died. She had her dog for 18 years. Those little ones live a long time. (laughs) She had her dog for 18 years. Okay. Her dog died. And what is it? A month or two after that, her grandma died. I mean, she is grieving. She is going through terrible losses all while trying to open up her sandwich shop. So she's working. She's on the show. She's going through losses. Like she's got a lot of shit going on. Tom had time to go and cheat because she was distracted. He was cheating while she was with her family during the fucking wake and funeral and shit. He had time while she was grieving. And I wanted to tell you guys, I feel like I mentioned this before, but a lot of these things happen while a woman is going through something. I don't, I feel like I've said it here, but I've, I've spoken about this with my friends. So sometimes I can't remember where I said it. Something I learned that is so terrible is when you're, when someone gets diagnosed with cancer in, and they're married in the pamphlet, there's a whole section for women to read to prepare for divorce or prepare to be left because that's usually what happens next. That's cancer. That's being sick. But it's the same sentiment of when a woman is down and sad and not happy and not partying and not available, they're usually left behind because the, the husband can't take on that burden of trying to be there for them emotionally. Obviously, that's not in every marriage. I know people have been married like 40 years or whatever, but it is, it's it's like 75% common, like 75% of, of um, married cancer patients this happens to. That's a huge number. That's a lot. That's a lot of marriages. It's the same thing with gr- with grieving. When the wife is grieving a hard loss, like a grandparent or a pet that they've had for 18 fucking years, the same thing happens. So I noticed like, as soon as I saw her dog died, I was like, okay. Because Raquel said, when they asked her, when did this start? She said, after the girl's trip. During the girl's trip, Ariana had to leave because her dog was going to die. So after that fucking trip, while she was home fucking crying, Tom left his home to go hook up with that girl. This is very common tropes, and that's why I'm mentioning it to you. These are, Tom is not doing something significant. This is not something we haven't seen. I literally know people this has happened to. This is very fucking common. He is a typical man in this situation. It's so typical. This is not unique. This is not rare. This happens so extremely frequently. And I noticed those two things right away. I was like, oh, wow. So she lost, she had a huge loss. And now here this girl weasels her way in. Also on the girl's trip, this was one of the episodes, the girls that stayed on the trip were kind of not loving Raquel's behavior because she hooked up with a married man on the trip. They mentioned to her, he's married, and she said, and somebody else said, oh, I think they're separated. She didn't even ask. She assumed that because he kissed her, he must be separated. Valid. We don't need to, you know, you don't have to um, do everything for the men. It's up to them to say whether they're married or not. However, if someone's mentioning to you, I think he's married, wouldn't you be like, are you still married? Because someone just said you're married. <laughs> like, are you going to? I don't know. I feel like I would ask that. I feel like I would ask, like, are you married? Even so, aside from that, Lala mentioned she was interested in that same man. 
And again, I don't know about you. In the past, when I've been single, if my friend is interested in someone or dated someone, once my friend even mentions the thought that they kind of like someone, he is off the radar. I don't want nobody that you're interested in. I never want that conflict. It is never a competition. There are so many men, just get another one. There are so many men. There are so many out there. There's so many people on this planet. Like there's literally so many humans living on this planet. There's plenty to go around. We don't need to go after the same person, especially in big cities. Like they're in LA, they travel to Vegas. Like these are big cities. These are not secluded areas of a, of a population. You're not in Iceland. Like uh, there's plenty of people. I, that's how I am just because... My friends are always going to be priority. I'm not about to compete. And I feel like a lot of you would say the same thing. Like, I don't even know anyone. I don't even know anyone who still, like, if I was like, oh, I like him. I don't even know anybody who would pursue anyways. Like, once your friend calls dibs, aren't you like, oh, okay, yeah, no, forget it. Uh, there's, There's other men. I don't care. Well, Lala said she liked him and Raquel fully pursued him. Meanwhile, Lala wasn't going to hook up with him. She knew he was married, whatever. But it's like, mm, you're you're messy. She was already showing signs of she's a messy girl. She There's something about when someone else claimed that man or had some type of relationship with that man, she wants them even more. She doesn't just want to hook up. She wants specifically someone that feels like she's not allowed to have. And again, that's from a deep insecurity. That's a pick me type of behavior. She wants to be picked by someone you're picking. So anyway, she hooks up with this guy. Turns out he's married. And he was saying that he wasn't. She spoke to his wife and he was. He was still going home to her. And we know that. They lie. You can't ever believe that they're separated until you see hardcore proof until the until that woman is like oh no I'm done with him we've been divorced for how long we've been separated for how long we've been broken up for how long until you hear that never trust it (laughs) especially if they have kids together until you hear from the woman we are done we haven't touched peepees in over a year don't trust it because if they're in that gray area they're probably lying to the new girl right okay But this is where the girls kind of spotted, oh, she's a bit messy. Like, "Mm, okay, Lala wasn't going to hang out with him anyway, but but she did say he was cute. So like, what is that about? You know what I'm saying? Like, it just put it just it just it's just an indicator. So maybe it wasn't an extremely terrible thing because this was at the beginning of when they were like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like how she moves. That was the first incident. They brought it up to her and she got really drunk and defensive. And that's when she said to Lala, well, you don't even have a think. Lala said to her, I wouldn't trust you around my boyfriend. Like, I wouldn't trust you drunk around my boyfriend because you just you move weird. And she was like, well, thank God you don't have a boyfriend. And then Lala was like, OK, <laughs> get the fuck away from me, because she, like it went over Raquel's head. She wasn't she wasn't getting it. That was the first incident. Then. The next one was when she was trying to hook up with Schwartz, someone else's ex-husband or yeah, ex-husband. They're separated. They didn't even file for divorce yet. That's how new the separation was. 
And Katie had expressed that it's really upsetting for her. She didn't want to get divorced, but she did. She didn't want to separate from her husband, but she had to because he was never choosing her. She just wasn't happy. They ended up selling their house because they separated. Like it's, it's devastating. A divorce, any type of separation after that many years is going to be devastating. It's like mourning a loss, but they're still alive. It's horrible. She tells this to this girl and Raquel goes and tries to hook up with that ex-husband? Like, fucking crazy. Just so fucking messy. But again, it's a pick-me behavior. It's like deep insecurity. She was, she gets off on it being somebody else's man. So all that is happening, right? And then we find out behind the scenes, the whole time, Raquel was hooking up with Tom Sandoval. Someone else's Ariana's fucking boyfriend of nine years. They just bought a house together. They have pets together. They have all these memories. They work together on the show. They were hooking up and nobody knew. Apparently, allegedly nobody knew. They were hooking up behind everyone's back. So while she's flirting with Schwartz, while she's doing all this devious behavior, she's doing stuff that no one even knows. So they're kind of noticing, okay, this girl is messy. They don't even know yet how messy that it could be. The way they find out that he's that she's hooking up with San, this guy, Tom Sandoval, is because Ariana was at a fucking one of his corny fucking cover band performances wherever in L.A. His phone dropped out of his pocket. Someone gave it to her like, oh, Tom's phone fell out here. That's his partner for nine years. I would hold the phone, too. Like, okay, yeah, I'll hold it until he's done or whatever. She felt, she says she felt some type of spiritual intervention that made her go in the bathroom and look through his phone. Now, let's talk about this right here. (laughs) I'm not buying it. I'm not fucking buying it. As I went back and watched the full season 10, I saw so many moments where I bet she was like, "Mm, (laughs) do I really want to be with this man? (laughs) Do I really want to be with this man? Because when her grandma died, Tom was at a fucking party. She called him with urgency. Oh, my God, my grandma died. Can you come home? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to try to get a ride right now and on my car. I think he was drunk and I think he was on, on drugs. He didn't say it, but you can kind of tell. So I think he told her privately, like, oh, I'm fucked up right now. I can't drive, but I'm going to try to get a ride. They were at a party that was more secluded where an Uber couldn't go. If you guys didn't know this, there's places in L.A. that are so in California that are so high up in the hills that Ubers can't even get to gated communities and shit. So if you don't have a ride in and out, it's it is hard. So that is a fact. I could see how Ariana believed that at first because he said, oh, I got to try to get a ride. There's no Ubers. I would believe that, too. There are parties, Hollywood Hills places in California where it's more secluded. It's not like over here. It's too secluded for an Uber to get to, even though you think it's like a city. No, no, no. There are areas where you can't get to it, right? So she bought that. She headed over towards her family or whatever. Or no, I think she was just home and texting him like, did you find a ride yet? So-and-so is leaving. He told her he is leaving, but I'm in the bathroom taking a shit. Okay. Lala was at the same party and saw that Tom stayed for an extra two fucking hours and there was no bathroom shit break. (laughs) Like he could have left and he fucking didn't. 
Lala brought that to Ariana and said, said it kindly. She wasn't being messy because I watched, I, I actually thought like, wow, Lala is really in a place where she is for the girls. Okay. She is not letting no one get over on her friends. She is pioneering for these women. She doesn't want any, what happened to her to happen to anyone else. She is so deeply hurt by her situation. She's literally protecting others the way I bet that someone would have protected her. So she brought this to Ariana with kindness and said, he stayed at that party. People are whispering about that. They're speculating. He's trying to hook up with Raquel. I think he likes Raquel. I'm telling you, I think he likes her. I think something's going on. Don't you think it, don't you think he should have left when you called him about your grandma dying? And she, and Ariana had the brains to be like, you know what? I'm calling him over here. Let's confront this right now because I'm not doing the whispering. I'm not going back and forth. She brought Tom over to this conversation and said, Lala is saying you stayed another two hours when you could have left. And he literally said, well, uh, I, I just feel like you probably wanted to be alone. What? How did he, the fucking bullshit. I thought you wanted to be alone. She fucking texted him and said, can you please come home? And he interpreted that. I thought you wanted to be alone. So what are we seeing here? (laughs) He's fucking checked out. And the only reason he comes up with excuses is because when he is confronted, he has nothing to say. His only excuses are we're not having sex. She doesn't want to do the things that I'm doing. But he can't say that she's a liar. He can't say that she's a piece of shit. He can't say that she's not there for him. She's at these fucking shows where he's wearing nail polish looking ridiculous. He can't fucking sing. It's not like he's an amazing performer. He has nothing to say. So he's making things up. Because we all know when a man wants to sleep with you, he is pulling out all this. Think about it. Think about when you first date, start dating a guy. We all know what they're trying to do, right? And what are they doing? The most. The most. When a man wants to sleep with you and no matter what state of your relationship, what is he doing? Loving up on you, flowers, gifts, money, dates. Um, no matter what stage in the relationship, dates, making time, watching, laying in the bed, watching your show with you, trying to peek on you in the show. Like they're flirting, right? They're, they're flirting. And especially if you're going through something, they're showing up. They're, they're going to be there. There's one, listen, and I've gave this advice so many times on my Instagram story. When a man wants you, you will know. Okay. When you have to question it, that's when you know he doesn't. When you have to think about it, when you're like, I don't know. As soon as you, as soon as your brain goes to, I'm not sure. The answer is no, because men are black and white. Women are the ones who are like, "Mm, we have more speculation. Like we might like someone, but we're, we're literally scared. Like we're scared of men in, instinctually. So we might like them, but we will be a little bit more guarded and like, kind of like, mm, I don't know, a little bit mixy where men are, they're not scared of us. We're not the ones who are aggressive. We're not the ones that date rape people. Like when they want us, we fucking know because they don't stop. That's the main issue. When they want you, you will fucking know. There will be no doubts. They make time. They make space. They make arrangements. They spend money trying to make those arrangements. They are there no matter what it is. Your grandma died. I'm on the way, babe. I'm on the way. Give me the address. 
they go to their friend, bro, you got to drive me over there, right? We got to leave right now. They'll drive drunk. They'll drive high. They'll shit on the side of the street before they're missing something for you when they fucking want you. That's just how it is. I don't know if you've ever been pursued by a man, but I'm sure you can recall a time in your life where that man wanted you and he was doing all things, right? Okay, so let's just clear that up and come back to the situation. She said, my grandma died. Can you come home? And he had every excuse in the world. Anytime someone asks him why he cheated, he's got every excuse in the world when all things could have been answered with, I was already checked out of the relationship. But here's another thing that happens. A lot of times, and we've seen this before, I'm sure you've seen it in your relationship and your friends' relationships that have ended. A lot of times they just don't want to be the bad guy. So they make it fucking miserable. So you break up with them. So you're the one that calls it. So they just don't have to be the bad guy. And I suspect that's exactly what Schwartz did. Schwartz just continued to be a fucking piece of shit to the point where Katie had no choice but to end the marriage and then cried a river of he's so upset because he's not the bad guy. He makes Katie look like the bad guy. But meanwhile, she gave him 12 years of opportunity to choose her and he still wasn't fucking choosing her, right? So we see this now, okay? I think Tom had no intentions of repairing their relationship. I think this was his plan the whole time. And the reasons why you see him break down crying is performative. And really what he's grieving is that people are now going to think he's the bad guy. His friend group is going to be destroyed. He possibly won't even have Raquel to hook up with because she's going to be too scared to go near him because everything blew up in their faces. Society is going to fucking condemn him like they are. He's going to, his business, he wasn't crying because he fucked up. It feels remorse. He might say that. He might say that. But what I'm seeing personally, my thoughts are he's grieving because he knows he fucked up and got caught. But he was very clearly checked out from when the dog passed. He was already done. Because she called you and said, my grandma died, can you come home? And you stayed at a fucking party for two extra hours? Like the selfishness is just off the charts. And you might be asking, but they just bought a house together. No, irrelevant, irrelevant. He just seems like he was drowning in his own poor decisions and he, but he even outed himself because he said, oh, it was like a Band-Aid to you. Ariana didn't know it was a Band-Aid. <laughs> it was a Band-Aid to you. He thought it would fix their relationship for whatever fucking reason, which is ridiculous. Like, why would that fix a relationship? It's a beautiful house. Decorated, gorgeous. Holy shit. Hold on, I need a drink. The house is gorgeous. Oh. So now that... We have the storyline of how the cheating went from A to B. I want to give you my theory. I think that in that moment where she confronted Tom and he was like, I just thought you wanted to be alone. I think while she was doing the therapies, healing her inner child, I think I think within this period, I think she did love him and she loved that part of herself that was with him and she loved their life together so far. But I think... She was already checking out. I don't think that spiritual divine intervention that made her check his phone was like a a fucking sign from God. I think she was already thinking this way. 
maybe doing manifestations. Like she was already in that headspace of independence, coming into a new grown woman, going to therapy, doing inner child work stuff, opening a, a business with her friend. She was already there. She had she was strengthening her friend groups. She mentioned that a lot. She was really close with her friends at this point. Like when Tom was out not paying attention to her, she was leaning on her friends and strengthening those relationships. They were carrying her through those hardships in her life. They were with her while she was grieving when her fucking boyfriend was not. I think she was already contemplating this. And maybe she couldn't identify it at the time as like, oh, I don't want to be with him. Like that's what that feeling is. But... She, I think she was already there. I think she was checking out herself. And not because she wanted to, but it's like when someone's, when someone's not checked in with you, it's almost like, well, what are we doing here? She was checking out by accident because she had no one there to check into. He wasn't even around. He wasn't even trying. She was trying all the things and he wasn't trying. I think she was already there. And when the phone got in her hand and he's on stage and wouldn't be able to grab it from her, he doesn't even know he don't have it. She was like, this is my time, okay? She knew she would fucking find something. You can't tell me she didn't know. You can't tell me she didn't know. Think about it. Our phones are our brains at this point. We are cyborgs, okay? We have notes app where we jot little things down. We take pictures of stuff. We take pictures of fun stuff. We take pictures of shit we want to remember. We vent to our friends in our text messages. Our For You page is designed based on the things that we search. There are social medias, our passwords, our credit cards, our email, personal documents, dates, calendars, contacts. That's our brain, right? When you go through someone's phone, they could be the cleanest person in the world. You're still accessing their brain and their thoughts. Stuff that's private to us. Like I'm very anti don't check phone only because we don't we don't have flip phones no more. Like we don't have Blackberries anymore. This is we've gone way past that. Our phones have everything at this point. We write everything down. Or it's way too personal. Like would you let someone just inside your brain? <laughs> no. It, I think it's the same thing. And we know that subconsciously. Like think about it. Give your phone with all your private stuff to somebody else. You want them to see, you want them to see your hidden folder? <laughs> you want them to see your pre-weight loss pictures, babe? Like no, you don't. We all have scary shit in our phones. Don't fucking lie. Don't fucking lie cuz I know I'm not the only one. And all my cell phones, bitch. Like, oh my god, I need to burn every single device, right? I need to like erase the iCloud. We all have that. So when you go through someone's phone, you know you will find something. You know you're going to find something. That's why you don't do it. It's too personal. There's no reason to do it. If you trust each other, don't touch the phone, right? She went through his phone. Weeks after hearing the whispers of like, people are saying this about Tom and Raquel. People are, Lala coming to her and saying he stayed at the party. She went in that phone because she knew she would find something. She knew that. Maybe he, maybe subconsciously, maybe she'd, she said, I never go through his phone. I believe that. I believe she probably never goes through his phone, but she was already at that point in her life where maybe privately she was saying her prayers. Maybe privately she was saying, you know, asking God, show me a sign. 
I, I don't know what to do at this point. Like she might have already been there. And then when she got the phone, when someone handed it to her and was like, oh, he dropped this. Do you want to hold his phone? Saw he was busy, wouldn't be able to take it. Maybe that's when she was like, you know what? This was the answer. This is the answer. I'm going to go fucking look in it because she fucking knew she would find something. Also, let's add that they're on a fucking TV show. They're on a Bravo show. She also knew if I find something, if I have a reason, if I have something to bring to show everyone, this could be amazing. It could be amazing for her because, and this was brought up during the reunion as well, everyone will be able to witness his reaction to it. Because I'm sure she has had, even when we watch them, she has brought up their issues and he deflects, deflects, deflects and manipulates. He doesn't give an honest fucking emotionally intelligent answer whatsoever. He just deflects, blames it on her, deflects, blames it on her, weaponizes sex, weaponizes sex. She fucking knew that if she wanted to just say to him, listen, I'm not happy, I want to break up, whatever. She knew that it would be a fucking nightmare. I think she needed some type of real proof to show their friend group and every, because she's, look at what Katie and Schwartz go through. People fucking pin everything on Katie because Schwartz plays dumb. Meanwhile, I know what the fuck he was doing. We know what he was doing. He's a fucking piece of, he pushed her away and then blamed it all on her. Even the front, even Tom was screaming at her in some of the episodes. You don't ever take accountability when really that is not the fucking case. And I think Ariana witnessed all this, internalized all this, and knew if she wanted to leave, she would need some solid fucking proof on things because they're going to give her hell, along with Bravo fans. She got the proof, it blew up, and everything after that was on camera. So when she was confronting him, she was able to do that on camera so he couldn't fucking lie and gaslight and manipulate. She was a, it was like the perfect storm for her. So I think it was a surprise that it was Raquel, but I don't think this was like, I don't think it was like, she said like, I would have chose you forever. I do agree. Like, I think she would have stayed, but I think part of her was just really unhappy with where they were. And that little divine intervention thing was like, okay, if I find something, that will be it. But if I don't find anything, okay, great. We'll keep it pushing. And she found something. And he had the fucking audacity to say, I usually delete it. And what he found, what she found was, if you're trying to follow, a FaceTime recorded video of, they don't say this on the show. I think legally they're not allowed to say this. So I'm going to also say allegedly. Allegedly, I think, I think that it's probably a FaceTime sex video that Tom recorded because he slaps off to it when they can't meet up in private. Because I'm guessing they couldn't have, they couldn't have had that many encounters. Like they wouldn't have been able to get away with hooking up that often. They probably hooked up like a handful of times over the course of months, but he was keeping those like FaceTime. That's how fucking bad you want each other on the low. A FaceTime sex that he recorded. That's what she found. Traumatizing. Fucking traumatizing. So even though maybe she was like on the outs and kind of needed a reason, that to witness that is, oh my God. 
Oh, I would be crying, throwing up, sliding down the wall. <laughs> that would be, I would be, forget it. Forget it. And she was. She said she was devastated. And I saw a lot of notes. I even got some DMs from you guys that like, it's kind of sus how she's not as upset. Listen, like I said, I think that that whole past year while she was going through really hard shit, while they were in couples therapy, while she was in therapy, while she was working on herself, I think that strengthened her a lot where she maybe didn't say this, but I'm seeing that she was already kind of prepared to be without him. And that the most shocking part is that it's her friend because he's cheated on her and he's cheated on her in the past. She knew about it. So her brain was already kind of desensitized to that shock of my boyfriend cheated on me, right? Like she already went through that and surpassed it and they still had a relationship. So that part's not going to hurt her deeply as much as the other shit, like him not showing up when her grandmother died, him choosing going out and this fucking band over her, him deflect. When they lie to you like that and try to weaponize sex and say, oh, it's because we're not having sex. And that's more hurtful than the cheating. Cheating is terrible and it's traumatizing, but the real pain is the intimacy in the relationship between you guys. When you're telling your partner, I feel this and it's really hurtful, you're not there for me and they just deflect, that's the real guts of the pain. Like that is the real depth of the pain. I think that's why she wasn't throwing up crying. Maybe she was privately, but she handled herself so well because she was already already kind of in that place of, yeah, no, this isn't, even the therapy is not working. Like we've, we've tried a lot of things at this point and it's still not working. And she was already so built up in other ways. She had all of these people surrounding her. She had her friend groups who were surrounding her. She had society as a whole. People were rooting for her, sending her messages, cheering her on. You're not going to be as devastated as like if you were just nobody and nobody knows you're just going through this terrible thing and you don't have a lot of friends and you don't have a lot of family. You don't have a huge support group carrying you through and making sure you're not devastated, bringing you a cig and, and you know, a wine glass to just cry together. Like if you don't have that, it's going to hurt 10 times more. So you can't think of it from that perspective. You got to think of it from the celebrity that she is. She has money to move. She has money to relocate. She has a friend group to support her. She has her own career now. She opened a business with her friend. Like she's got a lot of shit going on where this would just be a heartbreak, but it's not, her whole life isn't going to be uprooted in a negative way. She's only going to move on to the positive. And she fucking knows that. She's maturing. Like she's literally going through therapy and doing the work to be better. While he is just spiraling out of fucking control. So that's my theory on Ariana. I think she checked the phone because she was already questioning how committed she really was. And then her saying to him, I would have kept choosing you. I Yes and no, but it it was a good little monologue she gave. Like she knows how to fucking do TV. Okay, that the, what is, what do they call it? The revenge dress. She looked gorgeous. Oh my gosh, she looks so beautiful showing up to their reunion. And as soon as he looked over to her, she said, don't fucking look at me. You don't deserve to look at me. Uh, <laughs> and during the reunion when Lala was like going to Tom Sandoval, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. It healed 
parts of my soul. <laughs> the conviction of which Lala fucking gives it to Sandoval is so good. She's, oh my God, I loved it. Watching these women during the reunion fully shut down every fucking gaslighting bullshit, manipulative shit that Tom wanted to spew. Even Schwartz. Every fucking stupid shit thing that they wanted to say was shot down. And it is so healing for women in society because we know that usually we're the ones that get gaslit and manipulated and they talk circles around us and we don't ever get a say and they're listened to more. Like think of all the situations where they believe the men instead of you. They chose the men instead of you. That man was talking poorly on you and they believed him and not you. Think of all your friends who, when I have a friend that went through this. I have a friend that went through this. Her and her man broke up and they kind of chose the guy. They kind of chose that guy and still continue to choose him. He's still around and they kind of favor what he says. They did not hear her out. They did not advocate for her. They did not stick up for her and say, no, you fucked up. You did dirty about her. I don't want to be your friend. You're a fucked up. They didn't do that for her. She had to live with that. Her whole friend group chose him. We all know this. We all know this. We've all seen this before. But to see women fully sticking up for their friend, even seeing um, Sheena talk to Tom in tears and tell him, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. I know we've been friends for years, but you did something terrible and I don't want to be your friend. That was fucked up. That is so healing because they were choosing her instead of him because he did something terrible and that is so fucking rare it doesn't feel like it because you're probably thinking to yourself you would choose your friend i would choose my friend i would choose my fucking friend are you crazy (laughs) are you crazy i'm choosing i'm gonna be choosing my friend but to see it on tv with so many eyes on it is going to create a culture where other friend groups other girls and friend groups are going to be It's cool. It's going to be cool now to stick up for your friend in that way. It's going to be cool to say to her ex-boyfriend who's trying to fucking lie, say, shut the fuck up. Don't even talk to her. Don't even look at her. It's going to be cool now to to kind of condemn that behavior because it's never been condemned to this level before. Look at the Kardashian. Again, not to use them as an example, but... Let's look at the Kardashians. Look at everything Scott Disick did. And all their sisters are like, but he's family. No, he's not fucking family. This is a man who is openly, publicly abusing your sister. And you're calling him family. Again with Tristan. Openly and publicly abusing your sister. And you're calling him family. While Chloe is withering away with cancer and fucking being skinny as hell, stress, migraines. And you're calling him family? You're showing up to his fucking basketball game? No. The culture needs to change. Someone does something shitty to your best friend, your family member, someone you love. It is cool and is okay to let him know and condemn the behavior behavior, and also set a boundary of, yeah, no, we're not choosing you. You don't get to do this over and over again to my friend. Because again, it's not the first time. It's not that he's cheated on her before. He's lied before. He's not chosen her before. They knew, everybody knew about the relationship issues. 
this was just the last straw. This was the final straw of everyone being like, okay, yeah, no, you're not committed to change. You're going to therapy for no fucking reason. You're doing all this, no reason. You, you're you not committed to the change. You don't want to prioritize her. You don't want to take care of our friends. And now let's also unpack the dangers of lying about cheating because of the physical aspect, meaning STIs. I have a few questions for the cast, okay? If I were to talk to Tom, I think my first question would be, while you were sneaking around and lying, did you also prioritize getting daily tests to make sure that you and Raquel are not spreading STIs? Because one, I don't believe that it was just Raquel. I think he was doing other things with other people, okay? Two, Raquel is also single and also hooking up and lying. She's also dating people. She's also pursuing other men. She's also looking to hook up. I don't believe they were exclusive to each other. She showed that by hooking up with Schwartz in front of everyone before we even knew that she was also hooking up with Sandoval. So are you two prioritizing getting checked? Like while you're sneaking around and making space to hook up on the low, are you also getting STI checks? Because you're so desperate for Ariana to want to have sex with you. So if she comes home one day and she's all horned up and she's ready to go, are you going to stop her and say, wait, I need to get an STI test? Probably fucking not. So if you're not going to do that, are you testing anyways secretly and making sure that you're clean? Because that was your main problem, right? Having sex. Your main problem was she wasn't providing enough sex for you. So if she were to fix that, even though you weren't doing stuff on your end, are you even prepared for that? Like, were you making sure that, okay, maybe mentally, maybe I'm doing wrong by her, but I'm not about to give her a fucking STI. You can give someone fucking HIV. Were you prepared to prioritize and protect her in that way? Probably fucking not. I think that should be a conversation as well. And that should always be your first concern when you find out someone cheated on you. Did they have the decency to wear protection? And because you could wear protection and still get something. So don't, don't be stupid. And prioritize getting tested to be clear. Okay, maybe I did fuck around, but I'm not about to give my fucking partner of X amount of years a fucking STD or whatever. Is it STI or STD? I believe it's STIs now. I don't want to give them something that's incurable as well. Nobody deserves that. Was he doing that? Did they talk about that? I'm sure they did privately, but I feel like that should be a public conversation as well. While you were sneaking around and making space to make Raquel feel good and wanted and sexy, were you making space to test at least? Because you're acting single, but she is single. You don't know if she's giving you something. You don't. She might be telling you, oh, I'm not. I'm not hanging out with anyone else. But so you're both fucking liars. You're both lot. You're both cheating. You're both cheating. Raquel is cheating on her friend group by hooking up with someone's man again. And he's cheating on his partner of nine years. The both of you are terrible people with no loyalty and no decency. So you trust each other in that way as well? You trust to not give each other SDIs? Like, I don't understand. That's what I would ask. I would ask, did you prioritize at least getting checked while you were sneaking around? Like, while you were, while she was grieving, while she was with her family, while she was with her friends, were you at least making time to go get tested together? Because 
that's disgusting. And that's a real issue with cheating as well. That would be my biggest issue too. Like, mm, were you about to accidentally give me a fucking STI because you're a, you're a fucking liar? Like, that's really fucking dangerous. He could have destroyed her life. He did. I'm sure he destroyed her. Her, her trust with people. I'm sure she's going to have a hard time trusting people now. But the real crimes of cheating is you can dangerously destroy their sexual health and their health in general. You can give someone HIV. It's insane. And I feel like it's not brought up enough. So I, that's a question I would ask. I think I would also ask if I would ask Ariana if she also feels kind of proud to walk away from this man on TV where so many other young women are watching. I would ask if she's proud of that because I think that is something to be proud of. Just like Lala. Lala's really proud that she got herself out of that situation when she did. And now she can kind of talk about her experience and tell other women, don't fall for this. Like she is really she really has her eye out for her friends and I want to know if Ariana is going to kind of follow that lead and talk more about that this is not just betrayal this is not just something gossip for Bravo this is a real thing you really need to prioritize yourself and keep yourself safe from people like this from people who will lie to your face try to gaslight you try to manipulate you and put you in harm's way during the reunion Lala said in 10 years, Tom is Randall Emmett. He's a da- this man is a dangerous man. And then Lisa Vanderpump was like, well, he's not dangerous. Babe, he is dangerous. He's That is danger. Sleeping around with no regards to someone's personal health at all is fucking dangerous. Lying and creating false realities because you can't hold yourself accountable because you're too pussy to hold yourself accountable is dangerous. When someone changes, when someone tries to convince you of a reality that is not gaslighting, when I know everyone hates that word now, but let's let's call it this. If someone's trying to convince you of a reality that's not actually happening, it can send you into psychosis. And maybe you won't stay there and maybe you won't end up schizophrenic, but that will create some type of trauma where now you don't even trust yourself. That's the danger. Because when you don't trust yourself, when you don't want to listen to your gut, when you can't read the red flags anymore because you don't know what a red flag is, you will continue patterns that are self-destructing. That's what Lala meant. And she didn't feel the need to over-explain herself and be like, no, Lisa, you're a fucking idiot. But that's the truth. That's why he is dangerous. So today he's Tom Sandoval and he's only 40 and he's hooking up with Raquel and whatever, it blew up in his face. But if he was the type to not get caught, if Ariana stayed with him, what could have happened down the line? What could have happened down the line? And it is fucking dangerous to just sleep around and not tell anyone or not tell your partner because during this time, Raquel didn't know clearly during the reunion, but him and Ariana did sleep together. They celebrated their anniversary and had sex. So while he was cheating, he could have given her a fucking STI. That could have been lifelong. It is dangerous. And I think that they took it on the reunion as like, oh, he could be an abuser or something. No, you're still dangerous if you're a fucking idiot. If you don't get tested in between partners, if you don't keep up with your own health, 
you're still dangerous. So I think that's what she meant. And maybe she didn't, but I, I still categorize Tom Sandoval as a dangerous person because he don't even care about himself. He don't give a fuck about himself. He clearly doesn't care about himself. He's destroying his own reputation by even having the cover band. No one is posting his cover band and saying, oh my God, it's so good. He's so talented. He's getting completely roasted on all platforms about how cringe he dresses, acts, performs, all of it, all of it. He's just, he's a 40 year old man. He's not like 22. He's 40 years old. He has a long life ahead and he's a grown man. This type of behavior is like, I know sometimes people say like age is just a number, but I mean, he's 40, like be for real. Do I have any other thoughts? As far as Lala, because I know her, um, the documentary on Randall Emmett came out and a lot of people are saying, I read in the comments too, oh, Lala got out when he ran out of money. She knew he was married. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I know the whole argument of he had money, he had money. Do you see what Lala looks like? She is gorgeous. <laughs> she's very beautiful and she's got a lot of personality. She can have in-depth conversations. She can carry, she normally does. I noticed on the show she has to carry so many conversations because people just really lack depth. Like <laughs> It's like pulling fucking teeth. She's got a lot of personality. She's very charismatic. She's very sexy. She's gorgeous. Like, she's got a lot going for her. There's a lot of rich men, especially where she lives. Why would Randall be her only option? I don't think that was the case. I think there was something about him she fell for. And some people really are good manipulators. And usually the ones who have a really good career and made a lot of money and their career is takes talking you don't what is he a producer you don't just come a popular become a popular producer without knowing how to talk to people i'm sure randall can fucking talk circles around a woman i think she fell for what a lot of people fall for i don't think this was just oh he was rich there's a lot of rich men richer than him probably better looking because he is very unattractive probably better looking probably had a better personality I'm sure that she just, there was something about him she liked. There was something about him she fell for. There was something about the relationship that was part of her own self-sabotage. And she fell for it. And when she learned about how terrible he is, she plotted her plan and got the fuck out. It's not easy to just leave. She was in a dangerous situation. He was aggressive with her. He was nasty to her. She And she had a child with him. She couldn't just up and leave. She had to make sure that her baby was safe. She had to make sure that she had a safe place to go. I think that, I think she's very genuine about what actually happened. I don't think it had to do with that he was rich. There are so many rich men. You don't, like, she could have just picked another one. But she's she was tied up with this man. And she isn't she still going through, like, a crazy court battle with him? This is why she had to be careful about the way that she left. Um, do I have any other thoughts? No, but I'm getting tired. <sighs> yeah, I have notes here, but I think that was it. The second part to the reunion is this week, and a lot of producers were talking about how there's something that 
they think the whole step, the whole cast needs to see on the reunion before they send out the next contract because. Um, they might not want to sign the contract. And there's a lot of speculation about what that could be. Some people were saying that Lisa knew the whole time. And then Lisa rebuttaled that on Twitter and said, no, I didn't know the whole time. Um, some people are saying that Sheena knew the whole time. I don't think she did. She's too fucking dramatic. <laughs> she knew the whole, she, when she, she would have been in tears. If she did know, I would be shocked. Um, I also think that Raquel and Brock hooked up. I don't trust Brock at all. Um, what, what's the other, there's so many theories about what it could be. I think the most plausible theory about like why they wouldn't want to sign the contract is because I think some people are moving. I think because Lisa's opening up a new place in Caesar's palace and I think some people are going to be going there. Maybe that's why. And then, you know, if you don't want to go to Vegas, and at Caesar's Palace, then you're not going to want to sign the show because you'd have to move your whole life. I think that might be it. I think it has to do with logistics. I don't think it has to do with cast members because if anything, these are smart people who kept the show going for how long? How many? 10 seasons. They know that you kind of need the drama. So I don't think it's going to be a thing like, well, if Raquel, Raquel signs, I'm not signing. I don't think so. They all need the paycheck. So unless they get their own spinoffs where they don't have to sign on Vanderbump again, I don't think that's going to be the case. You don't get fired for cheating on Bravo. Like you kind of need the drama. So I think it's logistics. Like I think it's um, some people are going to go to Vegas and it's just whether or not you want to go to Vegas or not. Unless it's not. I also don't think it's going to be that big. Like I think I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> Like, should it be really juicy? Like, what is the big secret, the big reveal? I don't even think it is a big reveal. I think it's going to come out being something kind of dumb. A lot of people were saying Raquel's pregnant. I don't think she's pregnant. And I also don't think she's at a mental health facility. I think that was just like a good PR they put out. I think she's probably just at family's house because paparazzi is probably outside of her, where she lives or something. And probably meeting with new PR teams or something. I don't think that she's at a mental health facility. <laughs> I really don't. If she is, then that's great because I'm sure she's getting bombarded with tons of nasty messages of people calling her a loser and a piece of shit and stuff. But I don't think she's at a health facility. I think she's hiding out with her family because she don't know what to do next. And... Yeah, that's all my thoughts. I'm sure I'll have more. I don't know if I'm going to watch because I watch it on Peacock. I don't like to watch it live because I want to be able to pause and stuff. I don't want to watch the commercials. But and I tried to watch it live on the Bravo app and it kept lagging, I think, because so many people tune in. So I'm going to try to watch it on Bravo. I don't have cable. I have all the streaming networks, though. Do you guys have cable? I feel like no one has cable at this point. I was trying to use the, the um, Bravo app and I'll try to watch it Thursday, tomorrow night. I'll try to watch it. If I don't catch it, I'm going to watch it on Peacock when it comes out. I like that better anyway, because I need to be like focused. <laughs> I need to be focused. I would like to live stream because it's so fun. So I can comment during. So maybe I, I'll try to do that. If I can get the Bravo app to work on Thursday, I will live stream it on what? I don't know. 
maybe on TikTok, and then I'll tell you guys on my Instagram stories. Okay, well, whatever. We'll talk about it. Let me know. Okay, guys, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you liked it. I hope the Bravo fans liked it. I know this was like more of a niche episode, but like I said, even if you don't watch Vanderpump, I think this addresses a lot of things within relationships that it might be really validating for you to listen to and follow along and take from. So I hope that, you know, I hope it did that for you. If, if you needed to be validated about stuff in your relationship. Okay, guys, I'm going to go eat because it's 2.30. I haven't eaten yet. And maybe we'll do a recap after. If I have time Friday, I'll do like a, another episode about part two. So that way, you know, we don't have a whole episode next week about Scandable again. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm losing my voice. Thank you for listening. I love you and stay well.